in Ephesians, we're told to speak the truth in love. So how can we show true love to our Muslim neighbors while holding fast to the truth of God's word? Here's how Brother Fadi does it. Our enemy is not the Muslims. The enemy is the ideas in Islam. So they are the victims, not the enemies. So when I know this and I know that they are people, families, but this, doesn't, this tolerance or this acceptance and love for people doesn't say we accept also the wrong things that Islam is saying. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in our studios in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with another of our one-name-only guests. If you've listened for a long time to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, you know that sometimes we don't give out real names in order to protect the security of our guests. Today, we're also disguising our guest's voice. His name is Brother Fadi. He has been ministering in the Middle East for many years. We're going to talk about some of the countries across the Middle East where he has worked and where he has contacts with the church. And we're going to talk about some of what God is doing despite hostility, despite persecution. Brother Fadi, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. Let's talk first about Yemen, because I know it's a country you have a lot of experience in. Uh, It's a country we sometimes hear about on our news, although not very often, but there's a war going on there. What what is the situation on the ground in Yemen right now for everybody, but then more specifically for Christians there? It's a very difficult situation now because generally, even before the war, uh, Yemen is a poor country, underdeveloped, uh, experienced uh, many, many problems and challenges. Uh, but when the war came, if things get even worse. You hear about the spread of so many diseases, even cholera is uh, spreading, uh, they say, three times more than the normal level in any place. Very limited uh, medical services around. The war itself brings a lot of uh, trauma, a lot of uh, for the children, for the families. Many has to leave their uh, villages. So you have a, a displaced problem inside Yemen. So over and above the normal problems that this country is facing a lot more difficulties. So life is not easy. The currency is collapsing. It's hard to get food now. You, you have to be very creative trying to find food from place to place. So it is not an easy place to live in now. And so it's not easy for anybody, and then Christians face even more stress and pressure. What is it like to be a follower of Christ in Yemen? Of course, Yemen is a Muslim country, and quite very, I would say, a fanatic in faith, because they don't have any other faith around. They are Muslims, 100% Muslims. And of course, what they learn in Islam is that Christianity 
the Bible is corrupted, uh, it's not uh, the true word of God, uh, Jesus is only a prophet, Christians worship three gods, uh, Jesus was never crucified, all what any Muslim will learn uh, in the school and in the house. So Christianity is like not a good religion at all. The other thing is uh, Islam is uh, a combination of religion and identity and government and state. And that's such an important point for our American listeners to understand, because we, you know, we talk about the separation of church and state in this country. It's not like that in the Muslim at world all. at all. Actually, the opposite. You are not a good Muslim if you are not applying the Sharia, the law, uh, which deals with criminal, uh, social, everything in life. And that's why the, the highest aim for a Muslim a, a, a committed Muslim who understand Islam well uh, is to have a Sharia law applied in where he lives. Now, how how they reach there, either by force like ISIS or by using the system of democracy to reach the being an authority. So, it, Islam again, three things: it's religion, it's a culture, and it's a state. So. You have helped launch Christian workers into Yemen. How, how do they even get a foothold in that setting? It's always depending on, on love. That is the main tool. That's the main way people's heart is open. Because love is, uh, is the missing factor in this world. People, of course, there are people, they love their families, but when you have a stranger who loves you, who pray for you, who build relationship with you, that is, uh, that is a key. The other thing in, in the whole Middle East with the Muslims, that Muslims are so concerned about religion. So that's a normal discussion that comes Anytime. Actually, one of the first questions people will ask you in Yemen or any, any parts of the Arab world, we say, are you Christian or Muslim? And uh, one of the good things is that Arab Christians is a surprise for them. So we said, you are an Arab and not a Muslim? Yes. So, like, what happened to you? <laughs> so it is a great door to open. Another thing, Muslims, because they're very religious by, uh, by nature, and uh, they think about eternity a lot. And eternity in Islam is not a very bright thing. There is no assurance mm -hmm. of salvation. There is no assurance of forgiveness. There is forgiveness, but maybe it might. So, so when you speak about an assurance of, of salvation and forgiveness, that's also another message that, uh, that they, they want to hear. And I think, again, another great lesson for Americans who are listening to this is Muslims want to talk about religion. We A lot. We yeah. kind of have the idea that, oh, oh, no, I would never talk about religion. That could be offensive. They want to have that conversation. No, they will. They will. They like to, to have this conversation. This is the key. And they will evangelize you. Many times <laughs> the, 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 the way... It open discussion is when people come and said, "And you are a good guy. Why, why, why don't you become a Muslim?" I said, "Oh, why don't you convince me?" So that's a good start of a good conversation. <laughs> now you mentioned how hard it is in Yemen, uh, how difficult it is, and yet God is working there. Yeah. Yemenis are coming to faith. Can you share 
some of the stories about how God is at work? Of course. Uh, of, of course, the difficulty comes again because if you become a Christian or anything of not being a Muslim, it's like betraying your people. It's like uh, it's tribal. So you're betraying, you're leaving us. This is high treason. So it is not only convincing them that Christ died for you or that is important, but mm-hmm. it is the the identity and the belonging because you will, here is the difficulty that the family will not accept you. And this is the most difficult uh, part of persecution and difficulties is the family. Your father and mother, they will not eat in the same plate you eat. They will consider you unclean. They will uh, say you betrayed us. A strong sense of shame mm-hmm. if you are not a Muslim because of the community. And so the community also will have pressure. And in some cases, the government also will uh, will uh, put pressure here. So these are the difficulties. But in spite of this, God is reaching out. There is many ways. Of course, the faithful workers and missionaries who, who move to live in a difficult place. Um, there is a great guy, Joel, from the States here, who were killed in Yemen. And I remember a video about the Yemeni people going after he was killed in a demonstration. Uh, the, the veiled women and the men, they said, why you killed Joel? Why you killed him? There are these... Uh, heroes of faith uh, of the hospital, uh, the doctors and nurses mm-hmm. who were killed there a few years ago. Uh, again, this was like a great witness. So the faithful people, their tears, their prayers, is bringing fruit, is bearing fruit, even after they die. Actually, I heard this from uh, people who live in Yemen, that in uh, the city or the village or the town where these uh, missionaries were killed, then amazing wave of visions and dreams is coming to people there. So the faithful witness is is the key. The second thing is the uh, visions and dreams, this phenomena that's happening in the Muslim world a lot, to the extent when a Muslim become a Christian and because of he have seen Jesus, he thinks that all of us have seen Jesus in visions and dreams. So and they would wonder, you haven't What's seen wrong Jesus? With What's you? wrong with you? What? You didn't see Jesus at all? Why? Is there a percentage? Is it, you know, half the Muslims coming to faith have had some kind of supernatural experience? Is it 25%? I, I think yeah, it's a lot of stories like this, but I think maybe 20, 25% people because... Others would read the Bible, mm-hmm. and people. Um, others would. Uh, another great tool is the media, the media, the internet, social media, because the media now is is able to bring the good news without anybody stopping it. The Islam survived because of the darkness and fear. So reality, truth is not known, and, and don't dare to ask, don't dare to have a Bible, don't dare to go to the church. So fear, and uh-huh. even, you remember when even there is a cartoon, the, what is the result? They kill the people. Kill That's the people who drew fear, it. fear, yeah. it's threatening and fear. So people, when the media has crossed all the barriers, and here you are in your own room opening a satellite having five, six Arabic uh, Christian satellites, and here you, you, you have so many good news coming, to, coming, and nobody can stop it anywhere. <laughs> in, in the internet, you can have a Bible. 
people would wait for years to have a Bible. Now uh, you have the Bible app, you can people read the Bible. So these are uh, the, the faithful witness, the visions and dreams, the media uh, are great tools. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Fadi. He is from the Middle East, a gospel worker there. Brother Fadi, you've had some experiences of speaking where secret policemen were in the audience, you know, taking notes on what you were saying. Do you ever feel intimidated or afraid in those type of situations? Of course, you worry, and you don't know what is the result. What okay? What they are going to do with this is how how they are going to use it. How they will twist what you're saying and put one or two words that can be a crime in, in the Middle East. So yes, you're worried, and I don't think courage is not to be afraid, but it is to choose to do the right thing, even if you are afraid. Um, and then you go to the Lord where. His words and encouragement is great, like the words to Joshua, be, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And I remember great words from uh, people like Rembrandt, even speaking about don't be afraid from them, because, and if you are not afraid, they will be afraid from you. And of course, I've had some great leaders and models that would show me, don't be afraid. So how do you conquer that fear? How, how do you overcome that? It is by, uh, again, it's by uh, uh, receiving the encouragement from God. That is the only way. It's the Word, when you find encouragement in the Word. There is also the, the fellowship around you that is supporting you and encouraging you. There is the, the cause you live for. And, and, and many times you choose where, where I live for the cause and, and for the what God has called me to do, or I'm going to give up and leave this. It's a hard choice to make. It does not think something for granted there. It's a choice you have to make from time to time. Sometimes you need to be, uh, not sometimes, always you need to be wise in what you're doing, not to get yourself into unnecessary trouble or unnecessary battles. But in, sometimes it is inevitable to, to be in this situation. So it's, it is life. You go, it's a process, you go through it, you learn how to depend on God, you know how to trust Him, and then you say, I'll do whatever it takes, and I'll do the right things, even if there's a price for it. We've talked a little bit about Yemen. Let's talk about Algeria. It's another country that I know you're very familiar with. What is God doing in Algeria? A wave of, of visions and dreams and the boldness among the Algerians in witnessing, telling people about Jesus. Uh, Algerian people are very, uh, I would say, bold. They would share about Christ with their neighbors, with their families, and also they trust God uh, doing miracles, signs and wonders. So there is, there are signs and wonders, healing, visions and dreams, uh, miracles, and the church there is uh, witnessing. So that is a very, very good and strong thing. The, the other thing is there is joy in the church. And joy is a missing factor in this world but very much in the Middle East. So when you have a joyful place, people who smile in their face and happy, and uh, and even in the difficult times, 
it makes people wonder what's what happened with you. What's Why? going on? Yeah, exactly. Why are you so happy? Yeah, yeah. So I think these things, the boldness of the church, the courageous witness, the the, the joy of faith, is is a combination of things. Our guest this week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio is Brother Fadi. He is a gospel worker in the Middle East, and because of that, we're disguising his voice in order to protect his security. Fadi, we've talked a little bit about how willing Muslims are to have conversations about religion, how they even want to have those conversations. Some of our listeners live in places where, you know, their neighbor is a Muslim or their classmate is a Muslim. Can you give us some advice about how to have those conversations in such a way that we're, we're planting seeds of the gospel? Oh, thank you. This is a very good question. First, we need to differentiate between Islam and Muslims. So when people say moderate Islam, there is no moderate Islam. There are moderate Muslims. Okay. So that is important. The, another thing is to understand that our enemy is not the Muslims. The enemy is the ideas in Islam. So they are the victims, not the enemies. So when I know this, and I know that they are people, uh, families, but this, doesn't, this tolerance or this acceptance and love for people doesn't say we accept also the wrong things that Islam is saying. So that is important to, to start with. The other thing is, it is good for people who are in this kind of discussion to, to, to know what Muslim, how Muslims think. And, and you don't need to make them um, masters in it. You need, just need to know some few things. This is how they see is Christianity. So we know that they think the Bible is corrupted, uh, that uh, when you say a son of God, it means a physical son. When you speak about Trinity, it means you have three gods and that uh, Jesus was not crucified. This is the main things that Muslims have. There are Muslims who would know a lot more, but few of them. So I need just to know how to answer simply these questions. And uh, I learned this from some people told me, don't win the conversation and lose a person. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. And, and so it is not about winning a conversation. You want to win the person. So you might get into conversation and you can say good logic in it, and uh, but in the end, he will not speak to you again. So sometimes ask questions. Ask questions about Islam. Let them explain Islam to you. Relax. They want to know if you have an answer or not. And, and they are seeking the answers honestly and uh, genuinely to know some of the answers. If there is a difficult question, don't be afraid to say, you know, I don't know the answer. Let me come back to you tomorrow. I will read about it. I'll think about it. It's a good question. Very good question. I'll think about it and come back to you. And, and read something, ask someone, and then go back and say, oh, you know what? I understood the answer here. And third thing, love. Many Muslims, their testimony would go back to someone who loved them. I remember... One who knew the Lord, he was a, a refugee in Europe. And then a family hosted him and uh, when he was, uh, and invited him, and, uh, and they didn't tell him anything about Christianity. And he was wondering why these people love me like this. They have no 
uh, hidden agendas. They just love me. So love is that, like the Bible says, love never fails. So don't underestimate the power of love, of of, of acceptance, even if it looks in the for some time that it's not getting any results. Even after years, after years, he will remember or she will remember, I had this person who loved me, and I know they were very true uh, in their love. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Fadi. He is one of our partners working in the Middle East. Fadi, as we finish up our time together, we always like to equip our listeners to pray. And and I know this is a broad region uh, with a lot of different situations, but how do we pray Firstly, for Muslims in the Middle East, how can we pray that God will move among Muslims? Pray for the Lord will open their eyes and their ears. Because if they do see and hear, believe it, it's going to change their life. So pray for God to open the hearts and the ears and the mind of Muslims. This can be through media. This can be through missionaries who go there. This can be through a Bible or a website that talks to them. So this will open the hearts and this will change. And to explain this, many people think that or believe that the phenomena of uh, visions and dreams happened with the movement of the prayer for the 1040 window and for the 100 gateway cities for Muslims, and that is, was a parallel thing that happened uh, in the same time. So don't think that your prayers is going uh, nowhere. It is bringing results in the hearts of people. Absolutely. So that's how we can pray for Muslims in the Middle East. Now, how do we pray for Christians? We've talked about some of the challenges they face, some of the persecution. How can we pray for them? Pray for uh, for comfort and encouragement from the Lord, but mainly for faithfulness in the difficulties, in the time of difficulties. And combine your prayers with practical support. Uh, One of the things, most difficult thing in persecution is to feel you are alone. And when when, when you don't feel you are alone, there is a lot of encouragement. And this is the beautiful thing about the voice of martyrs, that you stand with people and you, you can help them practically and you may send one message, you are not alone. So uh, combine here your, your prayers with, with help. So we've talked about praying for Muslims. We've talked about praying for Christians. And I want to finish up, especially back to the country of Yemen, where we started. So much upheaval, so much suffering in that country. How can we pray for the people of Yemen? Pray for the difficult time in the war. It is what I, I call it the forgotten crisis. We remember the crisis through the media, and we, so we know about the crisis in Syria, which is great. But the church doesn't need to depend on media, so the heart would move. So it is a forgotten people group. Uh, it's a forgotten war. So uh, pray for this time and also do things for them. They need a lot of relief, a lot of help. There are many people who are helping. Voice of Martyr is a great partner helping the people around the Arab world and also in Yemen. So again, in this difficulty, pray for them, for encouragement, for protection, but also help them in a practical way. 
We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Fadi. Brother Fadi, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for your heart for ministry uh, and, and for being our guest this week on VOM Radio. Thank you. It's my honor. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You can hear this whole conversation again, as well as all the other episodes of VOM Radio at vomradio.net. You'll find conversations with other guests, giving you an inside look at the Middle East and what God is doing there. Again, you can listen through the archives at vomradio.net. Next week, I hope you'll join us here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You know, we've heard in the past from Pastor Hassan, as well as from Peter Yasek, the VOM staff member who was in prison in Sudan. Next week, we're going to have them both together in an interview that we recorded with both of them together. And they talk about their time in prison in Sudan. They talk about the fellowship that they enjoyed as brothers in Christ going through that suffering experience together. So I know you won't want to miss that. So be sure and be back with us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.